Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. I'm your special guest host, Zach Katie, again. This week I'm joined with first chair, Jonathan Lee. Hello, everybody. Second chair, Brett Freeman. Not third chair. And our special guest, Paul Bragan. All right. Welcome, Paul. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Just keep talking in that British accent, buddy. That's what we want here. (laughs) We're looking for more international clicks. That's what we brought you in for. You better expand our UK base. Not European. Well, the UK is not part of Europe anymore, Brett. Of course not the European base. That's what I was saying. (sighs) Damn it, Brett. Anywho, down to third chair, down to last chair. Paul, you're moving up. Look how easy that was. All right, this week we did actually get a little bit of news to talk about. Has people actually starting to play again? We actually have things to talk about for once, not just us bullshitting. How many swears was that? Am I already two in? I think that was one. I don't know. Okay, cool, perfect. All right, used it up early. Uh, so first up, uh, we got some tournament results from the Woman of X-Wing tournament. Seems complicated. Well, Brett, write the notes better. Women of X-Wing tournament. So, first up, what is the Women of X-Wing tournament, for those of us not in the know? Uh, so it was a charity event for, I believe, uh, breast cancer research or awareness um, and it had an extremely complicated rule set, which actually I was just finding out about a few minutes ago. Um, but basically it involved uh, requiring certain types of pilots or upgrades to be flown, specifically uh, like female pilots or, or upgrades. Um, and it's kind of a, a cool idea. Uh, it's always good to have these charity type events um, without a campaign against cancer. This is really the first big one that I've I've heard about, so that was nice, and uh, it was won by a Ray Poe and ZZ list, um, so resistance on top, uh, and there was also a resistance list in the uh, on the other side of the final table, too, so uh, that kind of took me by surprise. Did it, though? They do kind of have a larger-than-average number of female pilots in their ranks compared to other factions. Uh, I get, and they're they're good ones, right? Like Ray and ZZ, yeah. both extremely good. Rebels just got a big boost in female pilots recently. Yeah, but <laughs> they have they have plenty now. They got a solid boost, but but ah, that's cool. That's cool. I do enjoy charity. It's why we keep Brett in the third chair, and I like thematic rule sets. So that's cool. Um. Moving on, down the newsletter, uh, we also got an FO spoiler picture, Fury of the First Order. Fascinating. Yeah, so here, Brett, literally, all we got is a box. A picture of a box. We got a bunch of different languages of the same box, but okay. Um, and in it, though, you can clearly see uh, two uh, FO bombers and what looks to be a tie Whisper from... Uh, what episode nine was it? I believe it was from episode nine. Um, so, 
everyone has wanted this ship to come out. It's, it's you know, the, the ship Kylo flew where he could not uh, shoot Rey right in front of him. Um, so anytime you get a new Kylo, one who is um, probably stronger in the Force, it's kind of an exciting uh, thing for anyone who plays First Order. Um, bombers are cool. There are no bomb options right now for First Order, so it's opening the faction up uh, in that regard as well. Um, so we, we really know nothing else, though, except for the fact that those are the three ships that are going to be in there, um, and that it's already, you know, fully designed, I guess, since we have a sealed box picture. Interesting. I, I'm, I totally missed this in my, my news feed, so I'm just, I'm catching up now. Uh, so the, I mean, the bombers are quite, quite chonky, so my guess is they're going to be medium bases. Um, so, and they kind of have more of a Punisher look, at least to my eye. I don't know if, if anyone else, uh, agrees, but I'm thinking that we might not be, or like we might be getting more of like the, the heavy ordnance Punisher type thing, as opposed to just a, a tie bomber. Um, and with the, you know, the upgrade to FO, they're probably going to have one or two shields. Um, it, it could really open up the faction. Now I'm not one who really likes those generic type bombers, so I'm not too excited about it, I guess, for that regard, but uh, I'm really excited to see what they do with this TIE Whisper, because this ship is in the lore like bonkers. Paul, do you, can you tell us more about this one? I know you're so, a lore master. So there's not a lot about the Whisper, or the modified Whisper, um, really, because they only do show up in Episode 9. The um, the ships chasing the Falcon at the beginning are the generic TIE Whispers. They are a sort of stealth upgrade to the TIE spe the Special Forces TIE. Kylo's ship is a modified TIE Whisper, which obviously, as we've seen, has got the um, the silencer wings rather than the generic TIE wings. And this thing, if it comes out, is just going to be bonkers. I mean, if you're looking at the, the weapon list it has, according to the Star Wars wiki, four wingtip laser cannons. five bracket-mounted cannons on the wings per wing, and the heavy weapons turret. That's 14 laser cannons and a turret. And sensor baffles. This thing's a stealth fighter. So, are we going to see jam? Are we going to see something like ferrosphere paint? If you try to lock it, you're going to get stressed. This thing could be absolutely bonkers. Are we going to see cloaking? I sincerely hope not. So, I... But... I get that, but cloaking seems like the easiest way to make this ship completely different than the silencer. Um, I agree. Right, like something more agility-based as opposed to the silencer, which is just, I mean, three agility backed up by, you know, a, a ton of hit points. I'd like to see this be more of a glass cannon, but maybe have a way to get, like, a fourth green die or something. That way they don't have to just price it into, you know, the like the stratosphere. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but they, they certainly can't give it, like, four red dice, right? Like, that that would be way too good. Um, so I would like to see it uh, very different than the Silencer, at least, because the Silencer is such a solid chassis all around. When, uh, one, That's interesting. One thing I heard that was kind of funny was that it will have a three-die primary arc, but then a bullseye arc with zero dice to... Uh, account for the fact that Kylo could not get Rey when she was right in front of him. And that would be just <laughs> hilarious, and I would love it. 
hey, he's not like, you know, his uncle who can bullseye Womp Rats in a T-16. So. That's fair. Right, that's from that movie that you weren't able to watch today because your kids suck. They listen to this! (laughs) Yeah. Kylo's teen angst is uh, much harsher than Luke's. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, happy happy birthday, Brett. Thank you. I was getting to that at the end of the news. Damn it, Jonathan. (laughs) Jonathan's the only nice one. It's not Uh, in the show notes. It's not in the show notes. Well, how would I surprise him if it was in the show notes? All right, we'll edit, Brett, edit this out. (laughs) And then we'll (laughs) say happy birthday again later. You seem to to overestimate my skill, sir. Impressive. Most impressive. All right, I don't know. This is interesting, though. Um, Yeah, I am interested to see what they do with yet another TIE Interceptor for FO. It's only their third. Yeah. And how they make it different. Because what they did to make the second one different was not so great. So. And and FO has no turret ships, right? Like, I I think maybe they have to lean on the turret aspect. SF? KSF? Yeah. Oh, I I mean, like, turret upgrade. Yeah, but this can't have a turret like that. It's the same idea as the TIE-SF. It's got a turret underneath the ball cockpit in between its two stupid wings that mean it can't shoot sideways. Guess what if they just like lower it down? I'm sure you're right. Let's... I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with some way to make it cool. I know. I think cloak is the way to make it cool. I think that would make it different. Cloak is a cool mechanic. There's not enough cloak in the game. I mean, could you give it in a illicit slot? Then it could take the uh, the illicit cloaking device. I mean, sure, you could. I mean, it's a prototype, so why not? But on the other hand, the silencer is meant to be a prototype as well. I mean, law-wise, Kylo's was the only one. So I don't know how far they want to go <laughs> like that with game design. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens. Not want to speculate too hard on this, but I'm interested to see where they go. I will say, if you're look, trying to look this up like me, if you haven't seen the news yet, make sure you type in Fury of the First Order, not Furry of the First Order. Different Ooh. Google results. Oh dear. <laughs> Different ones. Just just so I know. Um, I, was, I was searching Google. When yeah, I was Charlotte? searching Google, I typed in FO Fighter. I was typing FO Fighter and only got hits for Foo Fighters, the band. Dave yeah. Grohl is a darling. If you listen to the show, big fan of you, Dave Grohl. You never know. It's possible. Possible. Um, and then last up on our news, now that Brett's birthday's been spoiled, uh, release date for the Trident. What the like the there hasn't been anything official announced, but uh, I believe AMG said in one of their painting streams that it was going to be in June. Uh, and the reason why people were asking about June was because one store I, I want to say in Europe had posted June 25th as a release date. So it seems like that has been confirmed or at least as close as we're going to get um, at, at this point. So articles will hopefully be coming out soon. Um, and what I've also heard is that it has a two-player co-op mode with, like, an AI deck 
which sounds really fun uh, and the model looks great and the co-op part might be worth buying it just for that um, I was I like the model but I was thinking do I really need another epic ship but if if they do actually have this co-op mode it that's kind of what we were talking about what an episode or two ago like alternative ways to play that seem really fun I would definitely want that yeah you do enjoy playing with yourself and others and others <laughs> and others no that is cool that is like we're, we were we we're talking about that was it two episodes ago or so about bringing in some new new ways to play bringing some new life into um into the game so i am interested to see what that plays out like if that if that ends up being true I don't know. Personally, I'm out on epic ships. Like I said, I just I just finally got rid of all my epic ships a couple months ago. I'm I'm not dipping my toes back in that. I I would really like to get to play it. It's just so hard to to find someone who who is willing to put the time in for an epic game. Um, but I mean, everything I've heard has just been really positive about everything epic wise. Like we should really talk to a. Uh, to Dan and in, in like the the group, he's very into to the epic play. Um, I mean, maybe he could get us all excited for it at least on a, a TTS basis, Zach, where you don't have to go <laughs> by the ships. That's fair. That's true. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to put it down. I think it's just for me. Like I got like I was super into epic when it first was like announced back in 1.0, and I raced out and got all the ships. I think I played precisely one epic game, and then never got another one in ever i bought the epic ships because they came with pilot cards for other pilots there's also that business model which i'm not a fan of so all right well okay if we could just talk business model for one second then um which which one are you less of a fan of the epic ship you get a cool new ship that has a you know an essential card almost for for the game or you buy you have to buy a squadron pack that has all new ships and it might be the only way to get a ship like the Whisper, where you might want more than one of them. And now you're going to have to buy a second Fury of the First Order pack to get two of them. So you might just end up with way more bombers than you're ever going to need. I'm not sure how I, I feel about that. Like I, I It doesn't bother me too much um, because I'm planning on just buying one of these packs. But if I was someone who, let's say I wanted either to spam the the bombers or to spam whispers then i might get a little annoyed after a while if that's really the only buying avenue i would too but i doubt it would be the only buying avenue uh i don't know so the the only so we know the belbelub and the um the torrents those are only available in squadron packs still but that is fascinating yeah i don't know it's just for those factions, it was they were they were I don't know it, it seemed a little different to me. I'm not sure why. Maybe because they were just new factions and it was giving you like a jump start. Where here you might just want the whisper and nothing else. But um, I can also hope that those ships weren't good. At least not great, right? Like you need like one bell up, So whatevs about needing to buy multiple. I thought you were talking about the Aether Sprite, and I was getting very yeah. very upset. And then, same thing with, like, the torrents, right? Like, no one was really itching to go out and fly eight torrents. 
that's true, but I did like painting them. But those people who did probably borrowed. Yes. And this is where I'm coming from a 40k background. I've got a slightly different look at it because I see the, for example, the Fury of the First Order box, and I look at it and saying, right, if someone wants three bombers and I want two whispers, we buy two boxes and split the difference. Yeah. Exactly. I never and thought I about get... sharing. And then I also just think it's also a price point difference, right? Like making me buy a one hundred dollar pack for that one pilot card that comes with an epic ship is different than making me buy a hundred dollars of multiple packs with multiple cards that I probably need anyways. Yeah, I'm not saying one is definitely better than the other. It's just they're they're both two very different business models, but I could see people I mean, we know people got upset about the Epic one, and I expect people are going to get upset about this one. I mean, I've already seen people complaining about, well, I don't want to have to buy a Resistance Squadron pack just to get new Snap. Um, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if there is more complaining. Um, but that's yeah. also not new ships, right? Those are just new pilots, so I guess that's a little different when you look at the Resistance one. No, I mean, there will always be complaining. Always. I, I just think... I don't know. For me, I think it comes down to, like, price difference, and, yeah, I agree with Paul of, like, as a community, we could start getting a little bit better about thinking about, you know, hey, if I only need part of this thing, maybe I reach out to what is, for most places, a very good local community uh -huh. to see if someone else wants the other part of the thing that I don't want. Didn't you do that with your Lord of the Rings starter, for example? Yep, I did yep. that with Lord of the Rings starter, did that with my Indominus box for 40k, like what I'm hearing is you play too many games. Also, that the, that's right. a that's a totally different episode that we're not here for tonight, Brent. Sorry. Um, but no, I I think yeah, I, I I'm not happy with the squadron packs making you if a ship is particularly good. Luckily, that hasn't really bit us in the bum yet. I really just hope that we never move back to having to buy an epic ship for something that you need in competitive X-Wing. I think that's the other side of it too, right? Like, at least everything that comes in the squadron packs is something that is useful in competitive X-Wing. Nothing, or very little of what comes in the epic pack is useful in competitive X-Wing. Except for uh, the one or two things that you needed. Wasn't stress bot in the Rebel Transport? Yep. It was, yes. Yeah. Yep. The, the central point of every competitive rebel list from when it came out through to the end of 1.0 and yep. you needed a GR-75 which you were never going to use. Yep. Precisely. As well as a good chunk of the good X-Wing pilots were in that pack too. Wes Jansen remains the best X-Wing pilot in 1.0. Ooh, Jonathan, are those fighting words? Do you agree? Slap veteran instincts on him. Where, uh, Wes Jansen? Yeah. He's good. Cool. Like, I'm right. going to take that I mean, he was... from you. And then you roll dice. Was he? Was he? He was like PS eight, if yeah, I remember, and then he had an ETT slot. Yep. So you run him at Percy. I remember Wedge coming along at nine, and off you go. My first game ever on stream, I had like Wes Jansen. It was like Wes, and it might have been like Wes and Wedge, and maybe it was Poe. Back when you could, they were the same faction. And it was at um, 
Theolopit? No. The guy, Utley, Aaron Utley was streaming. I forget what the event was. I lost. Uh, It wasn't his event, but he was streaming maybe something at games and stuff. Nothing interesting, ancient history. But I lost. Might have been the games and stuff regional that we all went down to. Yeah, like everyone had jump masters or something, and then I brought something really different, and then he paired me up against like a guy who was flying like Vader and some TIE fighters back when, like, yeah, so it was like a very non meta sort of matchup. Gotcha. <sighs> Wes Jansen, we miss you. I'm not even yeah, sure you're real I mean, anymore. He's canon, so I'm surprised he, he doesn't exist, you know? True. Yeah, even as a gunner slot choice. And he shows up on screen. He does, but not in the next one. So that's the problem. I wouldn't know. My kids don't let me watch Star Wars. Maybe they could. Oh, so it's okay if you <laughs> badmouth them on. You can just turn on. <laughs> you know, you could just watch it without them. I know. It is I your just, birthday. I just thought it would be nice. That's all. You want to have a watch party sometime? We'll all watch with you until yeah. so you, so you feel like we're that would be know, lovely. watching together. Yep. All right, we'll do that sometime. We'll set up a stream. He'll turn it on. We'll all turn it on. Jump on Discord. We'll chat. It'll be our birthday present to you. Yeah, perfect. When my son and his friends chose a Star Wars movie to watch for his birthday party, they chose Revenge of the Sith. This <laughs> is so horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so maybe Jonathan's not doing as good a job of parenting as we thought. (laughs) Alright, turning to some local news. Uh, Jonathan and Brett, you guys happened to actually play some in-person X-Wing this week. Yes, I mean, I don't know if you'd call what I did playing X-Wing, but Jonathan definitely played X-Wing. It was the first in-person game I had against someone I wasn't related to. So it was pretty fantastic. Three in-person games. Nice. Shout out to uh, Corey. Corey Corey on. I'm sure he's listening right now. But uh, for hosting us. Nice. A nice closely distanced, very safe uh, X-Wing, mini X-Wing tournament. Cool. On Brett's advice, I brought... On Brett's advice... Yeah, on Brett's advice, I brought the uh, list that he had suggested. The... uh, Someone was calling it Haratani, which is uh, Hera in the A-Wing with the tracers, benthic two-tubes in the U-Wing with Leia and perceptive co-pilot, Kyle with Moldy Crow and Jin Urso and Garvandreas with S-Foils. And it was a lot better than... It actually was really... Like, the focus-sharing economy was really good once you got it going. It could be really powerful. I mean... In my first game, I played um, not this Paul, but Brett's other friend Paul, and we had a great, we had a good game. I had a lot of luck on my side, but I really got my focus economy going. And every time he had shots on my ships, they always would have a focus and evade, a focus and evade, because Terra was so adept at like spreading those tokens out. And then when the fo- we moved the focus where you needed to, you could flip it into an evade token, thanks to uh, Jin Urso riding on Kyle Katarn. So it was really good. I did lose my second game to Owen. Owen's a really good player. He was playing. Um, a list with Ketsu, Boba Fett, and Unkar Plot, 
and like he was able to block me with Unkar because he was moving first. And then those big bases of his, like Ketsu and Boba, took up a lot of space. So a lot of times I was ending up as bumping or as in positions where I couldn't move into a place where I would be able to have action. Like he would occupy the board space. So I wouldn't be able to move and get my actions. And then he shut down my focus economy and, uh, yeah, beat me fair and square. And, you know, I forget who I played in the last game. But, uh, it was me. Brett and I had a great game. I had I had luck on my side, so it was the first time Brett and I ever played. So it, that so I right, you I know said I the forget who won, but it was a good game. The strongest list that I had seen in 2.0, and seeing Jonathan use it, I I think I completely still feel that way. Um, I was flying a super super loaded Han and Ahsoka with concussion missiles and uh, patience. Um, I think I'm off the Ahsoka train potentially, and I'm I'm gonna go back to Luke if I fly that list. Just uh, I think it it gives a little bit more of a of a um, threat as far as offense goes um, because lack of offense was definitely my problem the entire day. Um, and I could basically do nothing in the game against Jonathan. Um, I decided to let Ahsoka die in one turn just for fun, and then it's really hard to beat a focus and evade uh, list when you have only one ship going in. Um, so it was a very fun game. I was very glad to finally get to play Jonathan, but there was no way I could win that game, I think. Uh, two ships, I think, are going to really struggle against that list, and I do expect... Uh, what Heritani to be a meta staple, so um, I could see myself not flying a two ship list again until there's some type of uh, points adjustment. Just for that one sh- one list at least, I don't know what I could do to to come back and uh, just stop that token economy. You have to force bumps, in my experience. Um, I have actually played against that list. And it is a nightmare to try and put damage through with, especially with A-Wings. Because those two, those two attack dice is just not enough. No, it, it's not enough. I mean, so Jonathan said he had luck on his side, right? So I was playing Han, who just gets to basically keep re-rolling the dice until he's happy with them. So every single attack I had against him, except for, for one with Han, hit for the maximum amount of damage. So... uh it wouldn't be fair at all to say I I was having bad dice on that, but it still is just maybe I can chip one shield here, right? Because, yeah. I mean, he's getting that, that perfect information to know, do I need to focus? Do I need to evade? What can I do? Um, and it's just so, so hard. I mean, I got Moldy Crow down to zero focuses at the end. Like, I, I was playing the right right way, I think. It's just... In a 75-minute game, I think there's there's probably just too much efficiency there. You, I When I played it, I found that the linchpin really was Kyle. Once Kyle's gone, if you can split the formation, it becomes a bit easier to mop up. Yeah, I was, I was 100% trying to go for Kyle, and it, it didn't work. <laughs> See, what you need is you need E-wings. I mean... <laughs> I think... I mean, any like any list that's like flying away from me, 
I can, I will, I'll be, I'll have, my action economy will go full steam, like, because I'll get all the, they'll, you'll get all your actions, right? So you'll all be focused, tokened up if your enemy is flying away from you or dodging around you. It's when your enemy gets in your face, like uh, Owen did. Like, he, there's one round, like, Ketsu and Boba were right in front of me, and every single move, and I'm moving first, every single move bumps them, and then Unkar moves to occupy other space, and... So he completely shut down my action economy. There were plenty of turns where I had like one focus uh, between the four ships or two. So it shut it down completely. But I think I'll list like um, like five A-wings, for example. Like if they're always flying away from you or they're not like bumping you in any way, you're definitely, you're going to get all those focus tokens and you can spread them out any way you can. So I think it's, it'd be really hard. Yeah, I think for A-wings, I think it'd be really like impossible, I think. Five A wings to win, um, and hard for any dodging arc dodging list unless you had like some sort of very strong alpha strike like torpedoes on E wings. But I think if you had like if it was something that was meant to like bump and get in your face, like I don't know, like triple epsilons or something, just making it up. Like if they're right in there, then it could be hard. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so just one thing about Owen. So I played him in the first round and. Um, so he was flying that that list Jonathan described, right? He has some some tractor shenanigans, and he was actually able to tractor Han a big base ship, um, and that was just really cool because you don't get to see that happen often. Um, so uh, he was he was playing for it, right? That was his goal. He said, I, "My the mini game to me is tractoring Han," and he was able to pull it off. So uh, that was really fun to see. Not fun to have it happen to me, but fun to see. <laughs> So, he's, uh, so he tractored you with Unkar, and then uh, Ketsu, then with the shadow cast, then Ketsu did it, and then shot you, and then the shadow caster title. Uh, so he got the double tractor with Unkar, um, and then I was oh, gonna bump right. either Unkar or um, or Ketsu. So I was like, well, I guess it doesn't really matter who I who I bump, huh? You're just gonna move me, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so it was, it was. Something you don't see happen very often. Um, it, it ended up being a, a very close game, but uh, it did not go my way. Most things in X-Wing right now are not going my way, you know, I found. <laughs> I mean, it's been so long since I played on a table. It was the first time I had to think, just wait, do I take the stress and rotate 90 degrees? It was like head mind-bending as like, like those decisions you have to make sometimes. Yeah. Definitely. And that's a decision that, I mean, we haven't had to make much of because that rule was somewhat, like, kind of new when when everything sort of stopped. So, like, I think this was my first time playing against a tractor list once that had become a consideration of, oh, I can rotate. I think, I think it, it killed tractor for so long that we never had a chance for tractor to really come back right. before things fell apart year ago but speaking of things not going your way brett i also uh, hear you got in a game with paul recently i did paul and i try to play like what, what would you say paul once a week or once every other week once uh, every other week yeah i mean as often as we can we can make it work um and i was flying a, another fat han list and uh and paul you were flying a very loaded poe and a, a very loaded ray 
with, with a, a very with bid. a very healthy 16 point bid and for the first time in 2.0 something i've dreaded from the beginning i got tabled you did it you broke my heart yeah. and you did it in about 25 minutes too <laughs> yeah I, I said i was sorry <laughs> you did um, it was, I, I was one, one hit point away from getting some points, so it wasn't, you know, like I didn't do any damage, but he, uh, he got the, the full 200-0 on me, so congratulations, well done. You were already scheduled to come on the podcast, um, which is just great timing, so good job to me. From now on, I will never play anyone who's about to come on the podcast. Um. <laughs> But no, that was and and you really liked that list, right? Like that was your first time, I think you said trying out it, those it two. It was the first time trying it in a while. I'd never used um, force transponder cards, for example, and I think the last time I flew it, it was a, like it was a city points. This is the first time I've tried it since Pyro has actually been a usable points cost. Um, so probably my third or fourth game ever with that list. And, and that would mean the first time with with uh, overdrive thrusters, right? Because, yes. and and that just completely changes the whole, the whole list. It, it's amazing how arc dodgy Poe can be, or offensive Poe can be when he's got that two speed boost or barrel roll. Yeah, it was a very strong list. Um, it it yeah. seemed to be one that definitely suited you as well. So um, I'm expecting yeah. we're going to see you flying that a lot more. <laughs> see, I don't know because. I'm having fun with Rebels quite a lot right now, because everyone is having fun with Rebels right now, because Hera is amazing, but I'm finding the Rebels list I'm running a lot more fun. Um, there's a lot less to think about, which is always nice. So what's that one? Is it the, uh, uh, the two E-Wings and... Yeah, it's the two rogue escorts with Jake and Hera. The okay. idea being... I remember the that list too. The rogues go up first, they take their locks, and they continue going up first, and they evade. Jake and Hera are there to hand off focus tokens. Yeah, so I kind of fall apart just... when the A-Wings die, but... Yeah, and then they just torp people to death. They would if they had torpedoes. There's no torpedoes? No. Nope. I guess I'm just so used to you having torpedoes on your E-Wings. Yeah, I think if I if I drop them down to... I'm, looking, I'm actually looking at the list right now. There is no space in here for torpedoes at all. Well, good. Um, Screw torpedoes. I mean... They're banned, right, Zach? Pretty sure they still are in my documents. <laughs> I mean, I know I know how Chance feels about torpedoes. You know, let me let me know how everyone else feels about them. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think I played you your Y-wing Anakin Obi Wan Plo with this list. Didn't you I? did, yes. Yeah. And and that hurt. That hurt a lot. Yeah. Well, he was flying a Y-wing Anakin. He deserved it. Well, the thing is, is that I'm looking at my notes from my blog, and I got an X. I got an E-wing deleted. Then I lost three quarters of an E-Wing and almost most of Jake before I killed Anakin. And then he still had two full health Jedi running around. You know, that was... was a game actually I was, I in my mind, I thought I was very firmly in the driver's seat. And I just could not ever get Jake off despite everything I was trying to do. And uh, it just it went very poorly. I, I decided to put Obi in a range one spot with you having passive mods, and he just died. Yeah, I mean, my my notes were that I tilted early because everything went badly, 
and I channeled all of my loathing of all forced lists into getting the win. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I see those purple tokens, and I hate everything they stand for. That was uh, that was one of the first games of my epic downfall of X-Wing. Like I said, it's it's been rough. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, it's okay. I'll get over it, I'm sure. It's better. Um, but yeah, let's uh, move into that in a couple of different things, kind of rolled into one. So we did have Paul come and join us this week. Um, one of the reasons we had for that is Paul's back playing X-Wing. He took a little bit of a break there for a while. Yeah. Something that I, I myself have done on several occasions. I think we had an episode way back right around where I started off on the podcast talking about taking time off and coming back and that sort of thing. But I thought it was good to have you on to talk about, you know, that experience of stepping away from the game for a bit, coming back to the game with fresh eyes and kind of what all that was like. So start off with, um, why'd you walk away in the first place? So this wasn't the first time I've walked away from X-Wing. The the first time was way back in 1.0, just after when the U-boat spam was really hitting its high. And I realized that realistically, if everyone's flying the same thing, this isn't a game anymore. So I took time off. I came back for a tournament the February, I want to say the February before 2.0 dropped. It may have even been the year before 2.0 dropped, I forget. And everyone was, that was when harpoon missiles had just been released and everyone and their dog had harpoon missiles in their list and i thought nope nope going back to playing something else went back to play something else then 2.0 dropped and i play 2.0 regularly from the day it released until coronavirus closed top deck every week there wasn't a week i didn't play unless a store was closed or whatever and then November last year, I just realized, I can't remember why, but I just realized I was fed up with the game again. I, th- I don't know if I'd had a run of particularly bad games. I just was fed up with it. Nothing sparked joy. You know, the whole Mori Kwan, if it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. So I got rid of it and I found another hobby to do. And And then for some strange reason, I decided I wanted to play X-Wing again. I think it was the Phoenix Cell pack came out. And I was like, hmm, I want to try that. So I bought the Phoenix Settle Pack and I jumped onto uh, TTS. And I think my second game back was a stream game, which I wouldn't recommend because that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Mm. And now here we are again. I do remember. I, I feel like you and I played and then the next day, all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm on stream. And I was like, wow, oh, yeah. this guy does not mess around. Yeah, I was flying the um, the four two seventies. I flew against you at New Year, mm-hmm. and Hexard Gaming's poll gave me a twenty three percent chance of winning. That's a good way to boost your confidence when you see that. Yeah, it's funny because I won. See, there you go. That's all you need. Back in the game. Yep. I feel like you have played on Hexard uh, Gaming a lot. Is that all accurate? Four times. Four times. Like, that mm-hmm. seems like a Four good times, amount. Yeah. Um, once in the Kyber Cup last year. Once just for fun against Death Rain from Death Rain's blog. That was funny. And then twice in the last couple of months. So that was some blogger on blogger action. It was. Should we should we talk about your blog at all? Like I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of 
of your blog. I mean, you've been playing X-Wing since long before I have and blogging about it, I think, basically yeah. that whole time, right? So, Pretty uh, much, yeah. I mean, I've been playing X-Wing since 2012, 2012, 2013. Whenever it dropped in the UK, I've been playing it since. Um, and, you know, it started off and it remains. I do it for my own enjoyment. I can look back. It's nice to just have something to write, you know, write how you feel down. So it's kind of like it's kind of like my hobby diary, as opposed to necessarily a blog specifically about anything. If that makes sense. Kind of almost what kind of almost what blogs were supposed to be when they first came out. Yeah, I like that. And let's talk about you jumping back in. So, Phoenix L caught your eye. Yes. What have you been flying since you've jumped back into things? Um, for the most part. Hera, Jake, and two Rogue Squadron E-Wings. Sometimes dipping back into Resistance just for giggles. But mainly I've been flying that list because I think finally with Hera... I mean, Jake... The, the Arvel Jake, two Rogue list that I flew back in the Pan League worked. But it lacked something and it was the the thing it lacked i think was the way of making e-wing survivable enough to survive basically to survive long enough to make its points back before it died because you know we all know e-wings are terrible at hemorrhaging points now you've got two ships that can keep up with an e-wing at a decent speed not just one forward to victory while handing them green tokens or allowing them to use green tokens they actually stand a decent chance of living long enough to actually do something <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, and they um, already have their target locks, so they're just going to be precisely. hitting really hard, right? They can take their own evades or focuses and then have the other ones pass to them when necessary. Mm-hmm. And then they've got the fire control system and the predator, and the predator. so if you're in the bullseye arc, you get two passive rerolls without spending a target lock. It's It works. It, it makes It'd them like good. a legit comp to the defender like they're priced at. It, I wouldn't go that far, because I think the defender is still better in every way but price but it makes them a viable option for the list is it a better option in a similar similarly priced x-wing no but one of these rogues you could get luke who is better probably luke is it a list that is fun is it a list i enjoy yes you could just plug luke in there and do one of them and then luke I could, or I could go back to basics and just run Luke with two torpedo rogues. Since you were talking about torpedoes, and now I want to use them again. Yeah, but then you don't have Hera. Okay, fine. Hera and two torpedo rogues. I could probably fit Gavin and Corrin in at that point. Then you don't have Luke. See, there's sacrifices. (laughs) There is always sacrifice. Sacrifices must be made in the name of rebellion. And I sacrifice the torpedoes. Let's get those ships in there. Yep. Make it fun. Yeah, you should... You should always sacrifice upgrades if it's going to mean you have more ships to make your list work better. Usually a good idea. But not always. Interesting. Tell me more about that. I, sometimes, sometimes I think it is just fun to fly two or three really, really heavily loaded ships, even at a competitive setting, and just have fun with it. Like a 134-point uh, Falcon, for instance. I was thinking my 110-point Luke Skywalker, to be fair. 
Potato potato. I guess that could be fun too. Uh, supernatural reflexes, R two D two, proton torpedoes, and afterburners. A lot of stuff. Yeah, and then you pair him with Wedge, who has an R two unit, torpedoes, afterburners, so on. Yeah, that was the list you were flying the first time I met you. That was a good first yeah, it's impression. Not a, it's not a good list. <laughs> no, I'm flying, I was flying Luke Corrin the first time you met me. Oh. I, I, get, I, get, I knew there were two ships and they were very heavily loaded. Well, let's just say in the UK, I was known as Two Ship Paul for a reason. Um, I have since grown out of that because it doesn't work over here. I don't know what not it as is. Well. Not as well. I, I would hesitate to say at all. Um, I would disagree. Uh, unless, okay, you run the, you run double fire sprays. That's at least two and a half ships. <laughs> but going by base size, it's actually three. Fair, fair. Point still stands. Point does still stand. Yes, it can work. It just it is heavily meta dependent whether or not your two small ship list is going to work, or if you need fire sprays or you know dash rendar and something. Yeah, double what? Annie Ob ran for a while. Annie Ob ran for players. a long time, and then about the time I moved to the states, it stopped working in the states, having still been working in the UK. Yeah, I'm not sure. Annie Ob never really won anything major, did it? Um, Could be wrong. I think it came fourth at something big. Yeah, I think it like finished like near the top, but never topped out. Yeah, he got. I think it was one of those things that got knocked. Didn't get knocked out by a swarm, but got knocked out by aces or something. I can't remember. I'd have to go back through hundreds and hundreds of hours of Gold Squadron stuff to find it. I uh, I actually never just flew the two of them. You should. You should. It is fun. fun. <laughs> I I did it precisely once after playing it at Nova. The double fire spray year. It's the last actual Nova that happened. The uh, you played against it, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And so after that, I decided to play it one night at top deck for laughs after after that game against it, because that was the game that made me sweat the most. My double fire sprays. And it came down to a bad error on his part. Won me the game. Yeah. I'm Since not he... sure I like it more than the other list I the other two Jedi list I used to fly, which I actually got from a Discord user, I just put up a thing saying, I've got a tournament tomorrow, I want to fly Jedi, what do you, su- what do you suggest? And it was Supernatural Anakin in the Delta 7B with an R4 Astromech and Afterburners, paired with Say C Tin in a Delta 7B with R4 and Afterburners. So Anakin with Supernatural Initiative 6, and then if he was going the wrong way, would change his dial. It... it so, arc dodging? What's that? You want to go that way? No, I'm coming this way now. <laughs> That's interesting. That's fun. It Until Stacey dies. Until Stacey dies, yes, which he often did because I didn't know how to fly Jedi at the time, especially not an Initiative 4 one. Yeah. That's been Stacey's problem from the get-go. I-4 is a tough spot for him to be yeah. in. I went 3-1 at that tournament, and one of the wins was literally because my opponent misjudged a 5k from a full health ketsu. Woof. Yeah, woof. That's rough. So, that trick no longer actually works anywhere near as well, right? After the... No. After the Covenel dial 
uh, mm-hmm. ruling, right? Because before, I guess, with the R4 astromech, you could just pick any of the twos and switch yep. your dial, right? Now it has to be the printed color. Mm-hmm. So it's still cool, but it's uh, yeah. not not anywhere near as effective. Not to mention, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Supernatural, Supernatural Anakin with Afterburners and R4 is 126 points. Yeah, and? That's still a lot of points. It's still a lot of points. <laughs> Just pretend he's Darth Vader already. You're okay with when he's Darth Vader and he's that many points? No, I, I am not. Only in a defender. Not for 150... Uh, I'm, I don't think I can make a, make a Vader work in a Defender, but that's probably just a me problem. But if I can have advanced sensors, <laughs> then I can no. make it work. More points to Vader. More cheating to Vader, yes. Uh-huh. Now, doesn't um, Defender Vader and Naked Seventh Sister and Fifth Brother fit? They do, right on the number. It's scary when you think about it. Yeah, I've. The matter, I wanted to try it, but yeah. I don't know. I I'm just I'm in a rough X-wing spot. Like, how how can I get better at X-wing, guys? Like, I I've literally just lost. All of my decision-making tree ability, I feel like every one I'm making is is suboptimal, and I need to just go back to basics. So can you guys see, tell me what you do when you have to get back to basics on X-Wing? So see, I think this this ties into bringing Paul in the show quite nicely. Of, you know, when you hit a rough spot in the game, how do you get yourself out of that? And I think... You go back to basics, it is simple as you find a list that you know is fun, that you know works for you it might not be the most inspired list but you go back to something that something that doesn't require a lot of effort but you can still have fun with so something like with me it was the 4070s you know back when i was having problems i think it was last year i went for four black aces with heroic and r4 astromechs based on something lou had said at top deck one day and that evolved over time, thanks to squadron packs and aces packs and so on, into the list I flew against Brett, which was Bastion, Nimi, Jess, New Temin. So you've got all of these things that have got either rerolls or passive mods that require target locks. And they always have the ability to have a green token, regardless of whether or not they're stressed or not, because Temin can just have the S-Falls flip whenever he wants. It doesn't require a lot of thought. It doesn't require a lot of planning. It is the one forward to victory list, but it has the cool, funky abilities that make it interesting. Yeah, so I was doing something pretty similar. I uh, I was doing uh, also New Temin because I kind of agreed the 4T70s just seemed like a lot of health and there weren't a ton of decisions I had to make that I could screw up. Um, so it was like New Temin, Heroic, and... Um, an HLC, and then, like, three blue squadrons with BB Astromix and HLC. Um, and I, I certainly don't think it's a good list, but it, it gave me a little bit of a, of, like, a, you know, mini game and trying to get the HLCs to trigger. And then it also just, uh, you know, can, can hit, like, a truck, potentially. So, and I, like I said, there's not much I have to do, right? It's, do, am I going to one forward? Am I going to 4K? I mean, those were basically, it seemed like, the decisions the biggest thing I had to do is just remember to put my S-foils where I wanted them. 
um, so I could get that passive, uh, or not passive, but that like free calculate token. Um, but like, so that, that was basically the only thing I've, I've thought to do is just try something completely like almost brainless, but, um, like, I, I feel like I got to get like my chops back with arc dodging and, and, you know, and maybe this is just from a complete lack of table time. I'm not sure, but. Uh, if nothing else, I'm even like just doubting everything I'm doing, and that's that's never good, right? When you're not going with your gut instinct. See, that's the that's where the other thing I do in a in a game comes in, which is the bugger it, it'll be funny move. I know it's the wrong move. I know it's not the competitive mood move, but my opponent knows it's not either, so they're not going to expect it. You know, let's say the world's greatest duelist doesn't fear the second greatest duelist. He fears the world's worst duelist because he's got no idea what he's going to do. If you think I'm, if you think me 4Kng across a debris, possibly onto an asteroid, is a bad idea, you're not going to expect me to do it. But if it if I do it, and it pays off. Yeah, no, I I see that. Is that like that low level X wing? High level X wing looks like low level X wing. Something like that, yeah. It's, I think... I think Brett... I'm sorry, go ahead, Paul. No, 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 you go go first. I was going to say, I think everyone has been in a rut before, and I think uh, just play what you enjoy, and uh, just make sure you have fun, and that's what I would do, you know, Uh play what you like. And, um, because, like, even if everyone, like, say... Like, sometimes you're going to flip a coin and you're going to get, like, heads, like, ten times in a row. And it doesn't mean you're a bad player. It's just that sometimes that happens. You know? Or you're going to get black at roulette. So it'll like happen to everyone. And I had that happen and I lost, like, 500 bucks this one. Yeah. That's a different story. But, um... <laughs> but I, I second what Jonathan's saying. Like, I think one of the things that I've done, I've gotten into a rut sometimes, is just go to playing silly fun lists and come out of it with no expectation. Go into it with no expectation. And come out of it feeling good, either because you had a funny game, or you ended up winning with something that was totally stupid. Like there have been times that like I've been in a rut, and before I would go to like top deck on a Thursday night, I would just open up a squad builder and hit randomize, and there's my list for the night. It's silly, but it worked for me. Yeah, gave me something that was different and laugh and i went in with no expectations because i didn't even make the list yeah one thing i i, I one list i actually did was i uh i did the droids rights list that the uh we had for the listener submission contest just as like something i i knew i wasn't good with but it, it at least i wouldn't have to like stress about it i don't know i'm just like i don't i certainly don't want to take a break from x-wing right like x-wing is my go-to hobby so i'm trying to to avoid getting into that mindset where i'm like just not having fun anymore um but i also you know don't want to be a scrub who's just going to lose every game have you tried getting good i've tried Okay, just checking, because I know that's the advice that the internet generally what, gives. what i have learned is yeah. getting good does not mean putting um Anakin, like supernatural Anakin, in front of like five arcs. That's not good. No, but that's something I still keep on doing. Yes. Um, I also think there is a danger in trying to chase the competitive lists and to keep meta, quote unquote, meta relevant, especially right now. I mean, the meta is what was it about fifteen people right now? When yeah. you think about it, give or take, yeah. 
This the goldfish is, ball. This is the perfect opportunity to go wild, to try something that would never work in in person, to experiment. I mean, but also to even look at things that you just wouldn't want to fly because they're not necessarily great, but they look fun. Sunny Bounder, for example, is the greatest possible um, pilot in X-wing. Yes. 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 Sunny Bounder is not good, but Sunny Bounder has never given anyone a bad game. All right, hold on. I got to no make a timestamp ever... here. I got to edit out him saying Sunny Bounder is not good. Andrew is not going <laughs> to stand for this. No. <laughs> so I don't think I've ever seen a game involving Sunny Bounder where both players haven't walked away with a smile just because it's Sunny Bounder. You want Sunny Bounder to trigger. If you're shooting at Sunny Bounder, you want her to trigger on four blanks. If you're shooting with, obviously, four hits. But everyone is happy when Sunny Bounder's ability triggers. You know, we had the, I think it was at Worlds, with the whole everyone yelling, it's the resistance every time it was done. There are lists that just make people happy, and I think that's what we need to focus more on, especially now. That's a fair point, for sure. I was also thinking maybe, like, I should play some Aces High. Like, never have I had yeah. more fun in X-Wing than playing Aces High. Aces High is a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't played it in, like, a year and a half for some reason. And it, it, that, like that's probably a, a good idea. It's like playing Among Us, but with spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> also something I enjoy, so. Yes. Alright, so moral of the story is I should try to have fun. and uh, uh, I guess. I should yeah. have fun playing a game. And yeah. start back at the beginning in Decision Tree comp complexity before getting back to the, you know, the harder things. Because... Yes, uh, playing double reposition aces is not the hardest thing out there, I guess, but you still do have to be able to, to make the decisions to do the arc dodges. And it's I'm not those doing things. those right. It's one of those things where when you are good at it, it does become second nature, but if you screw it up, it is still game-changing, and even the expert players will mess it up. Yeah, and that's the thing, is I, I feel like I used to see the Matrix, and I'm just not seeing it. And, again, maybe it's just because I haven't played in so long, I'm not sure. But been turned off the budget cuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think some of it, too, is transitioning like back to real tabletop from TTS for so long. This is why, like, back in the day, like, I was always an opponent of people that argued using TTS or Vassal for practicing for tabletop and saying, like, it doesn't take you as far as you think it's taking you. Because it's a very different thing once you actually have to, like, not be standing directly over a table looking down on it, unless you're Jonathan and you went and got a chair to stand on. We still need to make that happen. Liberty Squad and Stools. I love it. I don't want. You know, we I talked to, we talked about it back when Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Chris was there. You know, like you can flip open the top of the school and like yeah, yeah, and then you could have like um your template tray in there, and then you could use it to stand on. Because some of the best it. players in the world are some of the tallest players. I still somewhere in the photos on my phone, I have a picture of you standing on top of a table, Jonathan, looking down on an X-wing board. I have to dig through and find that. Maybe sometime. it was like seventh, seventh dimension at really high tables. Remember? Uh, they like are really high tables. High. Yeah. They're super high. I've never actually been to seventh dimension, dimension, so it's hard to see down there. Never actually well, been. I got into a fight there. It's nice. 
yeah, it was. It's a good store. I I enjoy it. I feel like we. Uh, I can't wait just for us to get back to the stores. Like I I hope a bunch of them start supporting X Wing again. Like you're, yeah. there's kind of always a risk, right? That you know, the, with no one going there for so long, they're just gonna piece out of this game. Yeah, I think um, Top Deck is waiting for its uh, storeroom to be refurbished before the gaming rooms open again when they're allowed. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be a wee bit, but I think it will. I think it'll come back. Yeah. Um, Red Caps apparently is open for gaming if you book and are fully vaccinated and can prove it. I think. All right, so that's that's one at least. I mean, we have. We have a store up by me that's trying to uh, to get some X-Wing started, but that's a bit far for everyone else who's not me. So yeah. I can't imagine I'm going to be uh, seeing you guys up here for these little events. Have you tried moving closer? I've debated it, but I haven't officially tried yet. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, if X-Wing is something you're really trying to take seriously, maybe you should. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. There are several houses down my road that are for sale. Just, just, just putting it out there. Hi, there neighbor. You go, just saying. Your wife would just like yeah, scream at I remember. Yes. Go ahead. She, I remember reading news stories or like, all right, nothing important, but like how like families moved so their kids could have a better opportunity at like training for the Olympics by living in a certain place. Oh yeah. Like they'd be okay. like, oh. You're training to be an Olympic snowboarder. We're moving to Colorado, yep. you know, right. or something like that, yeah, to work definitely. with some coach. So you just tell your your wife and your children that you're moving to Philadelphia, so you could uh, train on your X-wing. See, X-wing just needs to be an e-sport already, and then that could be a real thing. I don't understand why it's not. It's such an enjoyable game to watch. This just needs to happen. It really okay. kind of bothers me that it is not. In some ways, it is, and the thing I like about the fact that it is the way it is is there's no money being played for. Because the moment you start entering money into things, things get a bit rough. Um, Wait, you guys aren't playing for money? No. Oh. I played a spend money from a uh, curled paw creatives. Basically. I am playing for pieces of cardboard and pieces of plastic. And I love every single one. Cardboard of them. that like that sometimes they suddenly lose all their value with an addition change, and then it's fine. Hey man, Ars Rot still has value. <laughs> Zach knows what I'm talking. Red about. Ace. Yeah, yeah yes. Red Ace. There you go. Yeah, Red Ace. The German Red Ace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that the German. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, I was gonna say I am clearly missing something. <laughs> That's the, uh, <laughs> no, um, shoot, I forget who the second edition pilot who has that ability now. It's Josh. the one where you get an evade, right? Or like you. Yeah. Josh Sandraker, oh, yeah. who is now pilot initiative three, and there is nothing to let him keep the evade. It was Red Ace with R2D2 and comms relay, so they could regenerate the shield and keep the evade was just funny. That. You fly over an asteroid on the first round. Or something. Uh, I don't think I went that far. I think I might have given him I think I might have given him stealth device. <laughs> no, not stealth device. Whatever it was that gave you the extra green dice. 
Stealth. Stealth device. Stealth device. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure you even play this game? I was talking back in 1.0. I didn't think stealth device existed back then. Good. The no one took it. I don't know, but well, I think like you throw it on entered the end. Go ahead, Javin. I think the uh, I was gonna say like I think the entertainment hobby world it's just so crowded with so many different. There's so many things you could do <laughs> and so many yeah. things you could watch. It's just hard for anything to like, you know. I know it just would be cool. It could justify me moving to Philly. So like, like mm-hmm. I was watching my kid's like favorite YouTuber, and I was like, "How does this person have like thirty million subscribers?" And it just like blew my mind, you know, or like yeah. something like that, or you know, like someone I'd never heard of having like five or ten million subscribers, mm-hmm. you know, because these people identify a need. And they go for it. That's the thing. Is we like, could get X-Wing to be this big if we got, you know, some major streamer to get into it. Mm-hmm. But then we'll have what's going or what's happened to Pokemon cards for the last year happen. Yeah. Which I'm not sure. Like people are robbing targets and stuff, right? Yeah, something like that. They so, already don't sell X-Wing and Target now. It's fine. We can make this happen. No, we no. want more X-Wing. No, we don't want X-Wing in targets. Support your local store, folks. Boom. Exactly. Or AMG directly. Yes. Barnes & Noble may give you $5 off, but they're not going to let you play there. They actively kick you out if you try. I'm going to take your word for that one. <laughs> We had anything else we want to chat about tonight? Any other any other news? Anything else that we've been flying, been doing, been excited about? Nothing on my end. Paul, do you have anything that you would like to? Would you like a a guest sixty seconds of talk whatever you want to talk about? Uh, that's dangerous. That's why I do I it. To ramble. That's why my blog is called Ramblings of a Wargamer, just for anyone who didn't know. Cause I didn't yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I did mean, actually, I was trying to plug it, and I was on mute. Um, but yeah, so it is ramblingsofawargamer.wordpress.com. Um, yes. I am also on, it is also on Facebook. And I share articles to most of the X-Wing communities on Facebook, I think. And, and called- if you go and read his blog, you'll get to hear about all of the wonderful ways I've lost. Hey, I didn't write about that. I know. <laughs> I, I specifically messaged you and said, please don't write about this one. And I hadn't been taking notes, so I wouldn't have been able to anyway. But anyway, ramble away, sir. Yeah, I mean, sort of, if you're, if you're in an X-Wing rut, find something fun. Find something, doesn't have to be easy, find something fun, find something you enjoy. Find a player you enjoy playing against, win or lose. That is also really important. You are not going to enjoy yourself if you're playing against someone you hate or don't necessarily know. If they bring a meta list and you've turned up with, I don't know, four torrents, Anakin and a bid, it's not going to go well. Find someone you enjoy playing, find a list you enjoy playing and go from there. If it means you're playing on your tabletop for the next six months, that's fine. Just don't let love of the game go away. Is my advice there. All right, so that's all very, and actually that's a very good point to play someone who you you like. And I think 
also part of my my problem just to make it all about me is <laughs> I, I enjoy playing you quite a lot I don't enjoy playing on TTS anymore uh, and I feel like I would if we were just on a regular table and you're you're kicking my butt I feel like that would be a much like I, I don't think I'd be as you know discouraged or as as like feeling like I'm in quite as much of a rut so I think maybe I'm sure I'm not the only person who's feeling this way about X-Wing right now. Um, yeah. So maybe once things start opening up and we're playing more like in-person games, that's just a solution in itself for, for anyone in a situation like mine. Yeah. TTS is, uh, TTS has been, let's be fair, let's be honest, really. TTS has been vital for keeping the X-Wing community together. It is, however, still a very, very sterile play experience. Even if you are on discord or using the in-game chat, or even if you're like on a zoom call while you play, the face-to-face isn't there. The banter isn't there. There's no... I'm going to use the term wiggle room. Because we all know sometimes people have won or lost games based on a slight variation of a template. Or a dice. Or the dice rolling up rolling up an asteroid and then rolling back. There is none of that in TTS. It is just algorithms. And that takes something away from the game that you can't get back unless you're in person. And it's just fun to move the little, little toy spaceships around. Well, yes. I mean, I've repainted all of mine, and what's the point of repainting them if no one's going to see them? Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I, I think everything you guys have said makes a lot of sense. And then maybe co-op mode for the Trident will just be so fun that I'll just be the happiest guy alive. I'm intrigued by the co-op mode. I think that's that's got a lot of potential. Excellent. Take care of yourselves out there, Wargamers. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up then for tonight. Um, thank you, Paul, for coming out. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. It was great to finally have you on. I've wanted to have you on for quite a long time. We all have, not just Brad. Stop stealing the limelight. I don't like to speak for others. I'm only here because Andrew's not here. I know that. That is not true. I suggested I was I was the one who suggested that you come on. Oh, so, you, literally the the first day your your blog post like you're on back Jonathan was like we should get Paul on. Jonathan your checks in the mail. I said yes we should. <laughs> Zach you just get my ev- everlasting love and affection. Yes. It's <laughs> worth more than money. It is cuz I haven't got any. Oh, money or love and affection? money both okay all right i think we're gonna wrap it up there thank you all for listening uh catch y'all next time